You're listening to episode 10 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. This week, I'm joined by one of my former classmates, David Stout. David was a former model for brands like Under Armour, Hollister, and Abercrombie and & Fitch. And now, he's the owner of Stout Motivation, Inc. He's here to tell us how we can give 100% effort in all areas of life. So tune in, turn it up, and let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business, and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Lauren Smith, thanks for tuning in. Today, I have David Stout of Stout Motivation, Inc. After his modeling career, David became the youngest senior vice president banking executive at an $8 billion bank. David is now on a mission to help people slaughter their problems using his system called the 85 plus 15. Whew, talk about credentials. <laughs> hey, David, I'm really excited to connect with you again. I know it, Lauren. I'm, I'm so, I've known you, what, 14 years now? It's, yeah, and it's been a long, been a long time, time, my friend. Yeah. This is going to be the warmest podcast because I think I've known you the longest out of all your podcast guests. Probably. I think so. I think so. And it's, it's just really good to, to reconnect with you because you're doing big things. You're doing big things and you're helping people. And I just went over your system, the 85 plus 15, which allows people to give 100% effort in all areas of their life. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the system. Can you break it down for us? Yes, absolutely. And I, I just gave a presentation on this to 36 people here in Texas. And I read an article one day. So I've, I've been in commercial banking for eight years. And every morning, we're always told to read the Wall Street Journal. And I was reading the paper one morning, and it said that the majority of Americans only give 85% effort in all areas of their life. And I saw this and I, at first I kind of said, no, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, I, I work incredibly hard. I'm the first guy in and I'm the last guy to leave. And I said, well, if I'm really honest with myself, let's, let's analyze it. You know, do I give a hundred percent at being a dad? And I said, well, you know, my, my daughter loves to go to the park. I could probably take her to the park more and push her on the swings. You know, she loves that. And I said, well, I probably, I probably give 85% more, you know, effort at being a dad. And, um, you know, I, I could do more being a dad. And I said, well, do I give a hundred percent of being a husband? And I said, well, you know, my wife loves a good back rub. I haven't done one of those in a while, but, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could give more effort at being a husband. And I said, well, do I, do I give a hundred percent effort at going to the gym? And I said, well, you know, there's, there's some days I do miss the gym, you know, when I'm busy with work and the kids and life, you know, you, you miss the gym. And I said, no, I could probably give more effort at the gym. And there, there are some Sundays I miss church. I probably don't give a hundred percent effort in my spirituality. And, you know, and I said, golly, I, you know, maybe this article has some truth to it. So I said, so if I just add 15% effort to every category of my life, you know, let's, uh, I'm going to beat the majority of, of Americans. So that's what I started doing. And ever since I started doing that, life just got better and better and better. And I said, it's not this, like this huge shift of change, you know, cause I'm, I'm already doing, you know, positive things and, and proactive things. But if you just give a little bit more, it's amazing the results you get. And it, it's, I mean, I got a promotion at work and my marriage just, you know, thrived. And, you know, I saw an improvement in my daughter and that like, it just, and when I started telling people this, it just, this light bulb went off. And I said, you guys, you know, it's not this, people can get overwhelmed with trying to set a goal and hitting it. They're like, how in the hell am I going to hit this goal? And I said, you guys, you're, you know, you're on the right path. You just got to do a little bit more. Like you don't realize how close you are. Right. And, and it can motivate people to do more. I, it sounds like when you're talking about this, you want people to be giving more effort and the things that they already enjoy doing, not giving more efforts and things that aren't bringing them joy because then you're just like, it's like wasted time almost. Right. Exactly. That's right. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, if, if you do more, it will always help you uh, always. Yeah. You know, sitting on the couch and drinking a beer and watching football and just kind of ignoring your family and ignoring your body and ignoring your spirituality, it's, it's not going to help you one bit. 
Yeah. So now I've listened to your podcast and I follow you on Facebook and I know a little bit about what's happened to you since I last saw you in high school, but in the same breath, I'm still not really sure what your journey has looked like. So can you just give us a recap of your journey and how you got to where you are today? What does that all look like? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll tell you, and I, I say this with all the respects in the world, I have a wife and I have a daughter and I'll tell you, in high school, I had the biggest crush on you, and I think oh. you and your family are so you're so beautiful. And I I knew you were really successful even back then, like oh, even when you were a, a young a young a young kid. You know when you meet somebody and you say this person's just got something special, and you you can just tell, you know that's you. Oh, you just made my heart smile. Thank you. <laughs> but no, after after college, I said I really want to try this whole modeling thing, and I. I was represented by Jeff and Mary Clark. Uh, they they actually founded uh, Ashton Kutcher with Mother Model Management. And they said, David, we want you to move to New York City and model. And I said, okay, great, let's do it. So I, I went to New York City and I modeled for Under Armour and Hollister and Abercrombie and & Fitch. And I, I was having a lot of fun. It's just in New York, um, <laughs> it's when you're in your young 20s, New York can be very expensive and you can run out of money really fast. And that's what happened. I, I ran out. And I said, this is no good. And I remember I used to sleep. There was a gym, 24-hour fitness gym on 600 and Broadway. And when I ran out of money, I used to sleep in the gym, Lauren. I mean, that's, wow. that's what I did. And I literally, they had a yoga studio there. And I would, I would work out and I would sleep in this yoga studio. And the manager would say, you know, David, you can't sleep here. And I'd say, no, 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 I'm just meditating. I, I'm, I'm doing my <laughs> yoga. And I'd have my earphones in and just claim I was meditating. Really, I... I and I said, okay, this is no good. So I need to get an office job. I guess I chased my dream. I somewhat achieved it. You know, I was a paid model in New York city and had a lot of fun. And, um, I called up my sister and I said, sis, I need some help. I'm out of money. And she said, okay, I want you to go to this bank, put on a suit and tie, go to this bank and give them your resume and tell them you're my sister. Or tell them you're my brother and I'm your sister and they'll give you a job. So that's what I did. I went to this Fortune 500 bank, gave them my resume. Hey, my sister's Amanda Stout. I'm David Stout. And they said, okay, you're hired. And they made me the assistant branch manager at the age of 23. And I I stayed in banking for eight years. And I just, I I worked my tail off every year because my goal was I I wanted to be the CEO of the bank because I saw how much money they were making. Yeah. And I said, this is great. I, I know I can do this. And eight years later, here we are. And, I, I, you know, banking is such a cushy job. You know, you really don't have to work that hard in the banking world. And you get big bonus checks. And it's great. It, it feels good to provide for my family. But um, it, it's, not, it's not filling my tank up. It's not fulfilling. And that's where I said, maybe I can shift into motivational speaking. Because that's where, it, it, it's, that's where I get my Six Flags feeling. You know when you're on a roller coaster and you get those butterflies in your stomach? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's... that's I, you get that when you work on your business, right? Yeah. So I said, this, this is where I'm, I'm meant to be and helping people and motivating people. I mean, there's no better feeling than that. I mean, I, I, in the banking world, I could close a $20 million deal and that's great, right? It feels good, but helping someone get through the loss of a loved one or helping someone whose family member has cancer or helping a kid who's getting bullied in school. I mean, I've always wanted that. Like my whole life, I've always wanted somebody to call me up and motivate me or give me a little pep talk, right? Uh, always. I've always wanted that. And I said, I, I wonder if, I mean, Lauren, I would literally pay, I would pay someone to call me up and give me a pep talk. I, I would, I would love that. Yeah. Just for someone to call me up and say, Hey, I believe in you. You can do it. You're strong. You know, you got, Yeah. you know, and I said, I wonder if other people would want that too. So I, that's what I started doing. I said, I'm going to rent out some office space. I'm going to hire some people and we're going to make phone calls all day long and just motivate people. And that's what we're going to do. And it was funny when it first started, I was talking to my brother and he said, so it's kind of like phone sex. You know, you can call like 1-800, you can call 1-800-SEX and you know, you know, some girl will talk to you in. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's kind of like that, but it's motivation, yeah. you know? And, and it's, it's funny because a lot of people will say, well, I watch motivation on social media. Now you can get it on you know YouTube and Google and Facebook and Instagram. It's everywhere. But those people don't call you. They don't check on you. And it's some people want that, that phone call. 
Yeah. And it's, it's been great because I never realized how many people feel lonely or depressed or, 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 or overweight or, I mean, it just, it's unbelievable how many people suffer from anxiety. I've met people who can't sleep at night because they're so anxious and their heart is beating. So they'll cry themselves to sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. You come across those people and, and sometimes it's, it's the people closest to you and you don't even realize it because they're just bottling it up and, right. and like they'll finally have that breakdown. And it's just like, Whoa, like you've been keeping That's this right. inside for so long and it's just been eating you. And then, and then what do you feel? You feel terrible for not knowing that they're going through it. So I agree. Yeah. How amazing to have someone who just listens to you, who who's there for you. And is like, you're worthy. You know, you are enough just the way that you are. Like I could have used that talk a million times in my life. Oh, I, I know it. And it's funny. I was, I was actually getting gas the other day at this gas station and I was just standing there pumping gas and I saw this girl pull up and she was getting gas and she was the really, I mean, she was, uh, she was an obese girl, Lauren. I mean, she was well over 300 pounds and she was just driving this beat up car and she just, she looked really sad. <laughs> you know, when you see someone there, you just, you know, they're having a bad day. Yeah. They look broken. Yeah. Right. They, just, they look, she looked totally broken. Right. And I walked up to her and I said, look, I'm David. And I gave her my card and I said, if there's anything I can do to help you, I will. And now I'm keeping in touch with her. She's losing weight. I mean, like she's getting straight A's in school. Like she's all she needed was just somebody to believe in her. Like that's it. Man, and it's how- just you know a lot of a lot of people don't have that. That's so true. So true. So when you come across someone like that, are there any things that you say or do to one improve their mindset and two help them take more action? I do. I, I, I recommend, and Lauren, I, I'm not a doctor. I didn't study psychology. I, I, I can't prescribe you pills, nor do I want to. I don't believe in pills, but I do promote positive thinking and I do promote people to read more books. I, I'm not, I'm a busy guy. I don't have a lot of time to read. So I do a lot of books on audio tape and, and on my iPhone. And I, I tell people just talking about the problem will make it go away. But a lot of times, like that girl at the gas station, she doesn't want to walk up to someone and say, look, I'm sad. It, it takes someone to walk up to her and say, hey, I'm David. And if there's anything I can do to help you, I will. And, you know, I believe in you. And, you, you know, you are strong. You do have greatness inside of you. I know there's a champion in there. I know it. And just, just by hearing that, her whole face just lit up. Her whole face changed. Yeah. And it, because maybe they don't hear that a lot. Maybe they hear, hey, you're fat. Hey, you're stupid. Hey, you're lazy. And then that becomes their inner dialogue. That's the thing that they start thinking about themselves and and that doesn't define them, but that becomes defining to them. That's right. And that's, that's one thing I promote a lot in my, in my live talks when I, I I always say how you treat yourself, you're telling the world that that you're giving the world a blueprint of how to treat you. Mm. So if you're going to treat yourself poorly and if you're going to smoke weed and drink alcohol and not work out and not read books I mean, how do you think the world is going to treat you? Like if I treat myself like shit, which I have before in my life, the world has treated me that same way. But when I've truly loved myself and respected myself and cherished myself, the world has treated me like gold. Right. I mean, there's, there's a real signs to it. And it's and, a and conscious honestly, effort too. Like it's just not an overnight thing. Like you, you consciously right. work towards that. Right. And I I always say this, our brains are like computers, Lauren. Sometimes you just got to hit the refresh button. Mm -hmm. And there are days, there are days where I I, like, I speak to live, to live audiences and I have live speaking opportunities and I got to get up on a stage and talk. And even before the presentation, I think, who am I to to give advice to these people? You know, I'm not worthy of this. And I catch myself and I'll say, Hey, I, I need, you know, I need that. I need to hit the refresh button. I can do this. I can help people. And, you know, even if I can just touch one person, it's going to help. Yeah. That's so funny. You say that I use kind of, um, that same, that same thing with my kids. You know, sometimes we'll just get off the day on a really bad foot. It happens. Like, you know, you just right. can't find a shoe, you know, whatever happens and that the tension builds up, but sometimes I'm just like, okay, like, stop. We're going to restart this day. Like rewind, pretend it didn't happen. This is our new beginning. And people sometimes like are always waiting for, Oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Or, you know, there's always an excuse, but you have the choice at any given moment to be like, okay, 
I'm going to change my mood. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take action for my choices and I'm right. going to hit that refresh button. I like that. Just refresh. Uh, I know and it's, it, you, you kind of, you hit the nail on the head right there. And it's, I used to always believe in the success fairy, right? There was this little success fairy that would fly around and sprinkle its dust on certain people. Right. And I'd always think, you know, how, you know, I, I just want some of this magical dust because I want to be successful, right. For, so I can provide for my wife and my daughter. And, and one day it just hit me. I said, there is no such thing as a success fairy. It's a, being successful is a choice. And I said, I, I could be a banker forever, Lauren, and I could retire and I could be comfortable and that's great, but I'm not going to be fulfilled. You know, I, I'll make 250 K for the rest of my life. And I, I said, I think I, I, I I know there's more in me. I, I know I don't want to leave this planet without at least trying. You, you can't win if you don't try. Yeah. You're fulfilling your purpose. That's right. And I, I say that a lot to people. And, you know, if a lot of people get discouraged because, and I, I meet a lot of people who just can't lose weight. And I'll say, but you're not even trying. It's that you're just, you're literally sitting in a chair and crying that you can't lose weight. You're not going in. You're not eating nutritious food. You're not even trying. It's like, what do you expect to happen? Or I met a lady recently and her business was down and she was so upset that she lost one of her clients. And I said, you don't understand. Your pipeline is broken. You're sitting here feeling the thing of a lost client when you could go out and get 10 more. Mm, so it, it, your pipeline is broken and it just just that little, you know, you know, hit the refresh button. It just totally changed her whole mind. And now her business is back up again. It just that little, that little, that little sentence. That's so true. Now mention weight a few times. Is that like the number one struggle that comes up in, in your clients is weight loss or, or is it just kind of it, all it, over the map? That's a great question. It, it has been recently because it's up, Lauren, if you don't work out, you're not going to be happy because your, your endorphins aren't going. So it, like a cycle, right? So I've noticed, and just by studying the science of happiness, you need certain things to be happy. You need perceived control, like like you need to have perceived control. Like right now, you know, I, I can drive my car and I control how fast I'm going because I'm driving it. I control it. Like I, I control what I put into my mouth and what I eat. And you need to have perceived progress. So if, if you're working towards something and you're not even checking on the progress or you're not journaling it or, or have a diary, okay, that you're not going to be happy. Or it's, I'm seeing a lot of people who work in corporate jobs right now, they just feel like there's no progress. They feel like they're not moving up within the company. It, you need to exercise, I believe, to be happy because sitting still, you're, you're stagnant. And it's, I've never seen anyone work out and, and not be happy because your body is moving, blood is flowing. And, and there are days where I'll be in my office and I'll just do 10 jumping jacks in my suit and tie. And just that little spurt kind of gets me going and it gets me uplifted. Yeah. And it, it's amazing how fitness and happiness, you know, relate just with all the research that it shows that. That's true. I, I believe I always say that, you know, I believe that there's four areas that you have to be whole in so that your spirituality, your emotional growth, your intellectual growth and physical. So like if any one of those is off kilter at any point, you're going to feel it. You really do. You're going to feel it in, in any way. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's amazing. I, after my, my daughter was born, we had some complications with the pregnancy. And I, I remember it being my wife. Um, she had this rare infection called toxoplasmosis. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but no. it's, it's like, a, it's like a toxin from cat litter. Pregnant women can't be around cat litter because of there's some, apparently some toxins in there. And she had this rare and it's so rare that there's only one lab in the whole country that even tests for it. It's in Palo Alto. And all the doctors, they scared the hell out of my wife. Every visit, we had to go to the doctor once a week, every week for the entire pregnancy. And the doctor said, number one, your baby might not even make it. Number two, you know, we have to go in there and take some fluid out of the umbilical cord to test it, to make sure the baby doesn't have the toxo. And um, they had to give her some pills that weren't, you know, FDA approved. And, you know, they said, your baby's going to have a really small deformed head and your baby's going to be a preemie and she might only weigh less than three pounds. And like every visit, you know, my wife is in tears, right. And I, I'm trying to be the rock and, you know, be strong for everybody around me. And I remember I consistently said, you know what, doc, you know, I, I know I didn't go to medical school and I understand you're the doctor, but you're wrong. 
and I know my kid is going to be perfect and I know everything's going to be okay. And I, I kept saying that I almost like spoke it into existence. Right. Yeah. And my wife, you know, my baby was born perfect. She didn't have, she didn't get the talk. So, you know, and everything worked out great. Right. And after the pregnancy, after my daughter was born, uh, my wife did gain some weight and she was really unhappy and she would call herself fat and she would really get down on herself. And, you know, I've seen her when she works out, she's happiest when she doesn't work out, she gets unhappy and she gets irritable. And it's same as me, Lorna, if I don't work out, I get irritable. Mm. So I, I do think there is a huge correlation. And I tell that whole toxic story because, you know, if people can tell you things, Lauren, people can tell you, Hey, your business is going to tank and not going to be able to feed yourself or your family. And it's, you can look at them and say, look, I understand what you're saying, but I know everything's going to be okay. And I know I can do this just like I told the doctors, Hey, everything's going to be all right. My kid's going to be perfect. And you, you do, you speak it into existence. You know, you don't just go home and sit home and cry. Yeah. And that's almost like it's, it gives you more anxiety if you focus on those negatives too. It's like, don't, yeah. don't throw gasoline on your problems. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, with the holidays and everything else approaching, I feel like this is when people need the most positivity and motivation than any other time of the year. So if you have one message to leave with the audience today, what would that be? Get around some positive people. Don't, don't hang around. It's please. Well, nothing will set you bar. Nothing will hurt you more than hanging around idiots. Uh, Nothing. I don't care where you are in the country or what you're doing or what your situation is. Get around some positive people, get around winners and hitters because it, it's contagious. It rubs off on you. If, if you want to be a great swimmer, Lauren, you have to join the best swimming team. You, you know, it just, that's how it goes. You know, if you want to be a great golfer, don't play with shitty golfers. That's true. And it, it's, I, I always tell my wife, I'm like, Hey, we need new friends. We need, you know, only quality people. OQP, only quality people. And I'm, I'm extremely careful about who I spend my time with. I really do because I don't want to hear negativity. I don't want to see negativity. It's, it's not good for me or my family. Yes. The energy is just so suffocating. Lauren, have you ever met someone and your life got worse after you met that person? Oh, oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> or have you ever met someone, have you ever met someone and, your, and your life got better after meeting that person? Absolutely. <laughs> That's how you know you have a true friend. It's, it's so true. And sometimes like you yeah. can get caught up. Like I'm an empath for sure. So like I definitely feel other people's energies and it has, yeah. you know, like they, I, I can be brought down very quickly and I can be brought up very quickly. Like as I get older, I feel like I can control that a little bit more, but I control it by who I'm around and like right. where I put my energy. And so I'm also very cautious about, going places I don't want to go. You know, if I don't want to go somewhere, I'm not going to go just because someone wants me to go. Cause I know it's just going to put me in a bad mood, you know? Absolutely. You need to be really selective. I like that message. What, what puts you in a bad mood, Lauren? Like, like what gets you really down really quick? Man, I don't know because I'm actually kind of a hard person to make angry in general. Like if, yeah. you know, like, I know. Because you're so sweet. You don't have a bad bone in your body. <laughs> it, I mean, it really, it really takes a lot. It really does. Like even with my kids, like it, it takes a lot for me to like kind of flip my shit. Um, right. But just being around <laughs> the one thing that pisses me off the most is when people play the victim card. Like that oh, probably yeah. gets under my skin more than anything. And like recognizing that someone's like continuously the victim in their own situation and the choices that they're making are, are fueling it like that. It actually like angers me, <laughs> like straight up yeah. angers. I'm like, do you not see like, you know, the other side of this and, and what you are doing to inflict this on yourself. And they just want that pity party. And I can't, I can't handle that. Like that, uh-huh. that probably irritates me the most. I agree. That's such a good answer. Yeah. Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is this happening to me? Yes. I hate that question. Why is this happening to you? Ask a better question. Right. How can I fix this? What can we do to fix this right now? Yes. Change the mentality. I think that's what people always get stuck in. Like, oh, of course this is my life. Like, oh my gosh, things happen 
bad things happen to me all the time. You know, like no. that, that is life. Like bad, bad shit happens. Amazing shit happens. But right. you can't just sit down there and, you know, get stuck in that mentality of poor me, you know? There's always someone else out there who's worse off than you. Like when I was in Bali, I saw um a man and he literally was in a shack. We were in we were hiking through the rice fields and he was literally in a shack and he just had like a loincloth on, essentially. Like that's all he had. Um you could see right in his his wife, who I assume was, you know, they had dirt floors and he had the biggest smile on his face, like the absolute biggest smile. So like that right there just shows that, you know, you choose your happiness and happiness Mm -hmm. is a choice. It really is. It's a choice. That's right. It is. No, and you're right. I always, I always tell my clients this. I always say, you know, you're going to experience pain in your life. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. It just expect it, you know, brace yourself for it. But I always say, are you going to let that pain stop you from where you're trying to go? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's, that's the only difference between success and failure. Successful people feel pain. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of people see success. They think, Oh, Mark Cuban doesn't have any pain. Bill Gates doesn't have any pain. Warren Buffett, he's 88. He doesn't have any pain. Yeah, they do. They have pain every day, but they just don't let the pain stop them from trying to go. Yeah. A lot of other people, they just stop. Oh, I feel pain. I'm done. I, I quit. Yeah. And it's okay to feel that pain. A lot of people too, you know, like they, I feel like there's, there's two different type of people. Some who like really feed into it and other people who just mask it and just, you know, right. it away in a corner. But I think it's, it's, it's okay to feel that you just can't get stuck in it. You know, there's, right. it's, it's, right. it's, you can be vulnerable and you can be transparent about it, but don't live in that. How has, has something ever really bu- like bugged you that you just couldn't get over and you just stewed on it and you held a grudge and you said, golly, this, this is just staying with me and I, I can't shake it. Has it ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah. You know, that actually happened to me, um, this past, well, something happened this, this past spring and it, it kind of like chapped my ass. Like that's like the only way, yeah. you know, like there was like no reason that it really should have bothered me that much, but it made me a little salty. And I was talking to a friend about it. <laughs> And, um, she was like, you know, like, do you love this person? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, are you happy this person's in your life? I was like, absolutely. And she's like, then you need to start writing down every happy minute or memory with them, everything you love about them. And she was like, and you turn that, like almost that, that negative feeling you have right now into gratefulness that just that they're alive and that they're a blessing in your life. And like that, I had, I had to do that. And as I'm writing, you know, like these memories down and like these things that I like about this person, it, like, I could feel it lifting up. Like I could just feel everything like, okay, this isn't, this isn't worth me dwelling over. Like, yeah, it sucked, but it's not worth that energy, you know? putting into it. And so I'd much rather right. be like obsessively grateful for something than hang on to something so minute. So your gratitude kind of helped you get over that, that yes, deal. Absolutely. I know it's when I was young. So my parents got divorced when I was young and I, I remember growing up with just watching my dad, he would beat the hell out of my mom. So it's not only are you hearing the negativity, but you're, you're actually seeing it as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I, for a long time, I held onto that grudge and I said, that guy is such a monster, right? I'm 31 and part of me still thinks that. And one day I said, when am I going to let it go? This was over two decades ago. When, mm-hmm. when am I going to forgive and forget or whatever you want to call it? And I was listening to this Les Brown tape and he said, you got to let it go so you can grow. Yes. And, it just, and that, that one day I said, okay, that's it. I, I it, It's hurting me by hanging on to it. So I'm going to let it go and I'm going to be a role model for my daughter and be an example for my family and my wife. And it, just letting it go has helped me so much. And I've grown a lot from it. Yeah. Because now you like, you know, that's not the type of father or husband that you're going to be. And you can completely right. flip that and just be like, that's my fuel to never be like that. That's right. That's what, even last night, my wife said, David, that's such a good husband and such a great provider because you grew up watching what not to do. And yeah. I said, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. It actually worked out in the long run. Yeah. And you find those people too. Like, you know, if someone was, was an alcoholic you, and had an alcoholic parent, there's a 50, 50 cho- chance that that kid will be an alcoholic or that kid will never touch alcohol. But the choice is right. that kids has nothing else to do other than the choice that, that 
you know, they ultimately choose down, down the road. Uh-huh. That's yes. right. Lauren, Lauren, let me ask you this. Cause lately I've been having a lot of clients and they say, well, David, I need more money. Like I'm, I'm broke. So what, what do you think that people that I know for me in my life, being a banker, I was so obsessed with money. That's all I want. You know, I didn't even like getting my big bonus check meant more to me than anything more than, you know, more than spending extra time with my wife or daughter or going to a beer or a nightclub. I, I was working because I wanted the money. And I remember my wife and I had some arguments. She would say, David, you're so obsessed with the money. What's, what's the deal? And I would always say, well, I'm, I'm, I feel the responsibility to provide for, you know, my daughter and my wife. And I just kind of wanted your perspective on it. Do you have, have you ever gotten obsessed with money or how do you feel about it? So the way that I feel about money is I think that we each put our own value on money. You know, so like what a hundred dollars is valued to me may be valued to you completely different, you know, to some person right. that might be the difference of being able to pay a bill and the other person would just throw it around like it's nothing. So I have found that when I am more aligned with my purpose, money comes easier. And when yes. I'm not aligned with my purpose, then not only do I feel like I'm solely just working for money, but I don't feel good in any other area of my life. So, yes. you know, I would, like, <laughs> I had to give, like last year I gave up clients. I literally quit clients because I was wow. so burnt out on doing, managing people's social media. Like I could not manage another account. I had done it for so long and it wasn't fulfilling me at all. So I was like, you yeah. know, what I had to do is like, I had to quit them. Like I had to quit. And it didn't matter if I was losing money at the time because of my happiness, like, my purpose was worth so much more than that. And then I had gotten sober. Now I shared this um, on last week's episode that in January, I was, I was stressed out to the point that I was in the hospital and the doctor was like, like, he's like, like stress is the only thing that could cause this. I was having like extreme pain in my left rib. Like it felt like someone was repeatedly stabbing me to the point I couldn't even get out of bed. And they were like, you know, this only happens to overweight people, people who are over the age of 50. You know, he's like going through all these things. And he's like, the only thing for you is is stress. He's like, are you stressed out right now? I was like, oh my God, I am. I am. And that's just one of those things like then money's not worth it. You know, like, like the hustle, like that wasn't worth it to me. I had to rebalance my life and really prioritize what was important to me. So making, right. you know, more money at the time. I was like, no, I got to quit that. I need to put that behind me. And, and I'll even tell you a story when my daughter was born. So we had those complications during the pregnancy and the medical bills, Lauren just hammered me. Yeah. I mean, and we, we, we bought a new house. you know, we, we were just, I was bleeding money. Right. And I was like, golly, all, all my bonus checks that I thought that were huge at the time are kind of getting eaten alive. So when my daughter was born, I remember Blue Cross Blue Shield called me up and they said, oh, you owe us another $2,000 or whatever it was. And I said, look, you're going to have to wait till next payday because <laughs> I've given you all the money I have. Yeah. I remember literally I was rocking my daughter to sleep one night and I looked at her and I said, we will never be broke ever again. Mm-hmm. And literally for the next three years, I just buckled down and that's all I did. What was just the, the, the money and the money and the money. And it, I, I'm glad I did it because it, it got me into a good position now. You know, my family and my daughter and I were in a good, you know, financial position now. But, and I remember just, I, I was like to read her a book at night and rock her to bed and, you know, or I'll, I'll rub her back as she goes to bed. And, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, I said, you know, one day my daughter's going to grow up and she's going to say, daddy, you know, what do you do? You do for a living? Where do you work? And I, I don't want her to see a guy that goes to an office all day and crunches numbers all day and just kind of works at a job that doesn't even excite him just for a paycheck. You know, I don't want her to see that. You know, when she goes, right. Uh, just on autopilot. I want her to see somebody who chased his dream and really, you know, swung for the fences and, and you're right. Helping people, even though the paychecks right now are smaller than the banking paychecks, they mean so much more. Like yeah. I, I love yeah. getting paid for stop motivation clients versus commercial banking paychecks. Yeah. Like it, there's, 
There's so many times like where, you know, like I just shifted like the way that business was looking and like, you know, like quitting my clients. I'm like, oh crap, like that's really going to affect me. And people would be like, oh, so are you going to go get a nine to five job? I'm like, hell no. Like, are you crazy? Like I would much rather live broke for the next five months than go back and do that. And like they can't grasp it. I'm like, that's not, that's one that's not for me. Like I'm not a nine to five person. I'm more like creative and I, I like the, the freedom that, you know, yes. being an entrepreneur allows, but yeah. I, I'm, I cannot work for someone else's dream, you know, right. like, like that's right. That's the one thing that I have control over is my dream and my destiny and fulfilling someone else's dream. I can't do it. Right. I know it's, it's funny. I thought about that too. I, I said, you know, I'm out here busting my tail and I'm, I, I'm making my, my company millions of dollars in, in revenue. And I said, why can't I do this for me? Why can't I do this for, for, for stop motivation? It just, and it's, I don't know, maybe it's a, a maturity thing. I don't think I could have been an entrepreneur at 23, 24. I don't think I was mature enough to do it. But now that I'm, I'm 31, it's, it's, it just, it seems so possible. And I'll tell you, the more books that I'm reading long, the more income I'm getting. And I, I, the one regret I have in my life was that I didn't read a lot when I was younger. I just didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't have time for it. You can call it ADD or whatever, but just now reading is so easy. I recommend to everyone just to, even if you don't like reading, just listen to a book, play it in the background. Yeah. You know, like I'll play motivational books and tapes for my daughter as she sleeps. I just, I, I want it to like seep into her head while she's sleeping, you know, just subconsciously. And when it comes to like reading and books and stuff, like I've also heard people say, you know, I, I feel like I've read every book. You know, I feel like I've read everything. And I'm like, have you listened yeah. to podcasts? I mean, because yeah. to me then, like if you're, because like, some people might have a shorter attention span. They're like, okay, I can't, I can't learn this way through a book. I'm like, okay, I get it. But you can still tune into an expert. You can still have, listen to an amazing conversation and walk away from that learning yes. something and you can apply whatever that is into your life the same way that that you can for, from a book so like there there's all there's always going to be an excuse that someone feeds as to why they can't grow and you can always slap 10 more back into their face of how you can grow right see i you've you've always kind of had that though you've had this like learning this learning mindset where like you don't feel like you know it all right? oh my gosh no i'm an inter- uh, eternal learner like i right. i I feed off of knowledge. That's such a great trait to have. So, I mean, I think one of the worst qualities is to think, oh, I know it all. Oh, I know more than you. I know everything. I'm like, no. I, I, <laughs> like that, that, that's like the number one thing that successful people, like Elon Musk still thinks that he needs to learn more. You know, yeah. like how do you motivate your kids or oh like inspire gosh. them? Like, like um, what do you do as a mom? Oh, well, one thing that I start implementing this school year is, um, little I am affirmations. So, you know, like I am before school, like I am smart. I am beautiful. I am brave. Mm-hmm. I am a good friend. And just because I think that that internal dialogue, when you try to shift that as an adult is so much harder because what happens to you as a child, you know, really impacts that, that conversation that you have all throughout life. And it's a lot harder when you're an adult to, you know, shift that conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So it was funny because you know, I started doing these and my youngest daughter, Callie, we were in the car and I was taking her you know, to preschool and I'm like, I am. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause you know, I would, I would do it. And then she repeat after me and she's like, I am brave. I am a good friend. I am pretty. Wow. And I'm just like, yes, you are like, you are those. And she was like, I am the dopest. And I was like, you are the dopest. You know? <laughs> but, you know, when they start believing that about them, like I never want them to think like they're limited in anything that they do. But I also had this conversation last night with my oldest daughter. She didn't want to go to art club anymore. And she is so, she's a creative, like she is so talented in the way that she draws Uh and expression. And I was like, Skylar, like what is going on? Like art club is your absolute favorite. You know, like you would be devastated if you didn't get an art club this semester and come to find out a girl that is, has bullied her before is in art club. And I was like, like, you cannot dictate her actions from making you walk away from something that you love. And and she was like, I I guess so. And I was like, if, if she wasn't in your class, would you want to go to art club? She's like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, so why are you allowing her, you know, to, 
to dictate your love for art. I was like, you show up, you do your best. I was like, you put everything into your art. And I was like, and forget about her. I was like, maybe she, I was like, I don't know what her problem is. I was like, but, but you aren't her, you know, like you're not responsible for her actions. And I was like, but if you truly love art, I was like, you can't give up just because someone else in that class you don't like, or doesn't like you vice versa. So, you know, just having that, I, I try to empower them by making choices, like good choices. And it's, we don't always make good choices, but that's okay. Right. But what did you learn from your action? You know, so. How did she bully your baby? Bullying is a real thing. I never, I, I had a client who had to deal with bullying. I never realized how, how huge of a deal it was. Yeah. So last, uh, she goes to a, a classical academy. So they have to wear uniforms. Um, oh. And they had one day last year that they, it was, I think it was like a spring picture day. And anyone, you could wear whatever you wanted. And Skylar's grandmother had sent her a dress for Easter. And she was like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm going to wear this dress. And I, I tell you, the night before, I have a video of her just like spinning in the dress. And her face is like lit up and just so happy. And the next day I pick her up from school and she gets into the car. I mean, her butt didn't even hit the seat and she's just bawling hysterically. And I was like, Oh my God, like what happened? And she was like, they were making fun of my dress. You know, and they were just saying like so many negative things about that. She told me she never wanted to wear the dress again. She was never not going to dress in uniform again. Like, you know, cause they had the choice. You could wear uniform or not. And she was her heart. Yeah, she was so devastated about what these oh. girls said, like mean girls said. Right. And I think what had hurt her the most was when one person said it, it was like the bully train, you know, like then everyone had the backbone to say something. And yes. so there was, wasn't just one person. It was, you know, two other people that then tagged along on that. So I had posted a picture on Facebook and, you know, all these people are just like commenting. They're like, Skylar, you're so beautiful. I love your dress. And there was over a hundred comments. And I, I showed it to Skylar and my, my sole purpose for posting that picture was not to get like, Oh, Oh, poor Skylar. It was to show her that the opinion of one or three or 10 is not the opinion of, of, of other people. And that that opinion of someone negative should not become what you think about yourself. And I was like, do you love that dress? She's like, I love it so much. I'm like, great. Let's wear it again. You know, like what, what does it matter if they don't like it? It's not their style. Who cares? Tons of things that I see that celebrities wear that I would never wear, you know, like does that, <laughs> does that make me awful for not liking their fashion style? No, but you know, that's a choice of mine. It's not how I dress. It's not my, my thing. And that's, that's okay to be different. Wow. Wait, how old is she now? She'll be nine in, in two weeks. She'll be nine. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Crazy. What? Big dreams like I want to be an astronaut or a you know I like I want to be you know the next president. She wants to be an artist. She wants to, and that's why. That's better. And, and you promote that. You're like, hey, I want you to chase your dream. Do it. Oh my gosh! I told her I was like, Sky, what we should do? I was like, you should, you know, you should have a kids book. You know, I'm like, you illustrate it. I'll help you write it. I'm like, look, you could be a published author by the time you're ten. You know, and she's like, oh, <laughs> I never thought about that. I'm like, the world is yours, girl. Like, what do you want to do? Oh my goodness. You're such a good mom. I can tell she loves you to death. Oh, they're such good kids. I know it's funny. I was talking, one of my coworkers said, um, cause her daughter, same age around eight or nine. And, um, she, the principal called her in and they're t- testing her for ADD and all these other disorders. And, you know, she wanted to be a dancer or an artist and they were like trying to talk her out of it. They're like, no, you should be, a." you know, a, a veterinarian or, or like an accountant or have a stable job. And I was like, why are you talking a little kid out of her dream? Let her, oh it's, it, it, it's okay to dream. Yeah. You know, when uh, you're a kid, you're allowed to dream, but when you're adults, you're not allowed to dream. Yeah. It's kind of a funny, it's a funny shift. You have to be so strong to hang on to your dreams. Even as a little kid, I mean, j- just to say, no, I'm going to chase my dream anyway. I mean, I mean, 17 people could say, don't do it. A lot of people told me, don't do this whole stop motivation thing. And even people close to me said, don't do it. And I'm sure people told you, Hey, you might want to get a safe, secure job. Don't, don't try entrepreneurship. You don't have a stomach for it. You know, like, like, seriously, do you ever get worried about how you're going to provide for your, for, you know, for you and your kids? Like, do you ever think about that? Oh my gosh. All the time. I, and when I had quit, um, because I actually started 
when I was in college and I had priced my, my services so low that when we moved to Florida, um, it just all kind of like came crashing down. Like I was, I had to borrow money from my dad, just like feed my family. And everyone's like, Oh, Lauren, you're Mm -hmm. getting so skinny. I'm like, y'all, I haven't eaten in like a week, you know, like (laughs) I'm living off cereal and, and (laughs) peanut butter and jelly, if that. And, um, so I like, that's why I ended up taking the job at Ford because at that time I was like, this is my only option. But then I had that mentality. I was like, Nope, like I just, I just need to get one client and I can quit this. And Uh when I, when I set like smaller goals for myself, like I'm, I'm a big goal person, but I need those smaller milestones to hold me accountable. So like, yeah, yeah, I want the podcast to reach a million listeners. Sure. But I have to hit a thousand first and then I have to hit 5,000. So like they're little check marks. And once I start doing that, it seems like more obtainable and it doesn't give me as much anxiety as like that big picture goal to me, because I think, I think that big picture goal is sometimes what makes, you know, people a little bit more fearful, you know, and they're like, Oh, that's a lot. It's going to take a lot to get there. Oh, you're right. It's going to take a lot to get there, but what's the smaller actions that you can do to, to, that you can do right now in this moment to get to that big, that big goal. That's right. Absolutely. People always get derailed with how, like you're right. They see that big picture and like, but how, is it going to, how the hell are we going to get there? And you know, like, like for me, like I always wanted, and I always thought this, I, I always wanted, you know, a wife and a house and kids and a family. Like I've always wanted that. Even when I was young, I've wanted that. And I, I, I remember being in my twenties thinking, how am I ever going to get that? How, like how? And then I was like, well, I guess I need a date first. <laughs> so I, would, <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, find a, you know, a nice girl and say, Hey, do you want to go on a date with me? But you're, yeah. So I would set these little goals and just not get so derailed in the details of how, how are we, I get this. Yeah. The details can crush you. I know it. Uh, I'm so, I could not be more happy and proud of you for what you're doing and, and where you're going. Well, same back to I, you. I, I knew you were special 14 years ago. Oh man. You're so awesome. <laughs> I do. Do you ever think, do you ever think Lauren, like uh, I, I got excited because I said, if I can build up stop motivation over time, you know, my three-year-old daughter can grow up and work in the family, in the family company. Do you ever think about that too? Like your kids can work with you? Um, you know, I've actually have not thought that solely for the reason of, you know, just because I don't want to me like Skylar, I don't know, you know, like if she wants to be an artist, she might want to have her own business or maybe she will work for me and maybe she'll be like a graphic designer, you know, but so like for me, um, I don't know because I just, I don't know what they want to do. I've never really thought about that, but I think it's amazing that you think about that for your daughter because how amazing for her to, to be the next stout who inspires generation. Like how, how amazing. I know it's, it's kind of a selfish, like I selfishly want it. You know, I don't want her to, (laughs) I want her to work under me and, you know, work (laughs) under the family company just so I can be with her more. It's kind of a selfish deal, but not selfish. That's not selfish. And you know what, like growing up in that environment and you being so positive and like being so motivated, that's going to become who she is as well. You know, how to be a motivated action taker. So no doubt she's going to be the same exact way. Lauren, when you, when you walk by people, do you smile at them? Or All the you, time. Say, oh, you say, Oh, hello. Hi. Yeah. How are you? Good I, morning. I, I at least smile at people, you know, like sometimes like yeah. I at least smile at them. Um, and then sometimes like I'll say, Hey, and it's, it's surprising how many people don't say hello back or I know I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I work in this office building here in Fort Worth, Texas. And, uh, there's, you know, 49 floors in the office building and, you know, there's just, people just walk in and they just look like they're just, I call it the walking dead. They just look lifeless. And I'm like, nobody smiles. Nobody will even look you in the eyes. Oh, good morning. How are you? I'm David. Or let me hold the door open for you. Or, you know, you know, when you get on an elevator and you try to catch it and nobody holds it open for you. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, you know, we don't have to be so, yeah, yeah, cold or dead like, or, you know, just at least be alive. And even, and, and Lauren, I'm, I'm a pretty intense guy. My wife, sometimes she'll be, David, you know, you're getting a little, you're getting a little intense. And I'll always say, Hey, at least I'm alive. At least mm-hmm. I'm not dead. You know, <laughs> even for clients, I like, I, 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 um, I told him, I said, Hey, I'm doing this speaking opportunity and I'm going to play some intro music and it's going to be great because I, I'd never done intro music before. And I said, I'm going to do it. 
And she said, David, you might not want the, the introduction music. I said, no, I'm going to try it. I think it'll be, <laughs> I think it'll really be good. And I, I think it went over well, but the, the people, some people in the audience looked at me like, oh, great. We got the rah-rah guy. We got the positivity <laughs> guy. And it's just, people are so quick to, you know, be negative. I, you know, 87% of our thoughts are negative. And I, mm. why can't you, flip, why can't you flip that? Just hit the refresh button. And mm. sometimes you, sometimes you need a phone call to, to, to refresh that, that brain, you know? That's so true. So I think that our audience should call you when they need that re- refresh button. I, so I how can, right. how can yeah. they learn more about your, or get in uh, connection with you? Yeah. David Stout, Stop Motivation on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, stopmotivation.com. You can call me, you can email me. If there's anything I can do to help you learn, learn, you can call me. I'll help you for free. I'll, I'll give yeah. you the friends, the friends, the friends and family discount. If you're ever feeling down, you call me up and I'll, I'll, I'll help you hit the refresh button. Okay. You know what? The same goes for you too. If you ever need to pick me up and call me, I don't, don't know what the words will be at the time, but I'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> David, get your shit together. You know? Come on, man. Better than this. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I need a good kick in the pants, Lauren, you know? We all do, you know? <laughs> Life happens. So sometimes you, you really just need someone in your corner for right. you. You're not a victim, Lauren. You can do this. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what you'd have to tell me, too. You're not a victim. Because I'd be like, you're damn right, right. I'm not a victim. Right. You, you've conquered much, you know, you've climbed much higher mountains than this. You can get this. You can do yeah. this. It's, it's just people don't realize the, the product of positivity and what it really does for us. I know. I, I never believed how powerful, for, for someone to believe in you, I, I mean, when, when people believe in me and they, and they tell me that to my face, I, I like, I'm like weak in the knees. I, I'm like, I'm putty in your hand. Yes. I, I mean, that's... But that's like the keys to my heart. If you just believe in me, I, I mean, there's something. And I said, golly, I'm going to do that to my clients. I'm just going to believe in them mm. and look at them in the eye and say, hey, there's someone out here in this community that is rooting for you and pulling for you and helping you and believing in you. And it's, it's so powerful to see that because clients want to do well and they'll come back to me and say, David, hey, I took your advice and it worked and it helped. And you believed in me. And it's like they almost want to make me proud in a weird way. Yeah. I, I know you are going to have massive success and happiness and prosperity in your life. I just, I know, but like if, if you were a stock, I would buy you. <laughs> well, but I know I, you're going to be wanna... massively successful because you already are. <laughs> I appreciate that. Keep growing. I, I look forward just to staying in touch with you and, and checking in on you and seeing how you're doing and how, how the kids are doing and, and your success and your achievements. Perfect. We can, we can hold each other accountable. I like it. I, I want to do some joint ventures with you, Lauren. Yes. We'll, we'll, team up, we'll team up on some deals. All right. And then we'll be back for another episode to tell everyone what we're doing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, David. Well, thank you project. for joining me. Um, I know I've eaten up thank a lot you. of your time today, but it was a really great call. And I know that you know our listeners are going to walk away with probably more than they bargained for. Yes, Thank you. They got some good nuggets out of this one. Yes. And everyone needs to go listen to David's podcast, uh, 85 plus 15. You can find him on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all, all the big ones, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, thanks again, David. Thank you, Lauren. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> all right. Before we sign off for today's episode, I wanted to let you know that I have a new training coming up. It's called Mastering Instagram, and it's a course for brands who want to start or enhance their presence on the fastest growing social platform ever. Instagram gets about 60% more engagement for brands than Facebook does. So if you're not utilizing it, I suggest you level up your presence soon. The four-part video training launches November 1st, but I'm offering early bird pricing for those who register before October 31st. Head to my website, laurensmithbiz.com for more information. I'm also posting on my social channels. Just follow me at laurensmithbiz. For today's episode notes, head over to mindbizlife.com. I have links to all of David's social platforms as well as his website. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and Anchor. Your reviews serve as feedback to me and help others find this podcast. I'll see you back here next week. And remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.